Hi, my name is Michael Ali, and I'm on the team at Children's Cup, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. This series features pastors from some of the awesome churches that we at Children's Cup get to partner with. And in this episode, we got to sit down with Pastor Ron Nelson. Ron Nelson and his wife, Charlotte, pastor Eastgate Church in Cumming, Georgia. Ron is a veteran in ministry, and their church is one of the most generosity-minded churches in the U.S. We hope you enjoy this episode. Ron Nelson, Eastgate Church, and this is Cumming, Georgia, not Atlanta. Correct. Big difference. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it like like in San Francisco, you, you like when you're there, you can't say you're from San Francisco when you're actually living in Marin. But outside yeah. of that area, you can say it and everybody understands. Nobody knows what Marin is. Right. It's Same very thing similar here. to that. Yep. So, but people in Cumming don't have a problem with being labeled Atlanta. Depends on who you talk to, but I don't. <laughs> you okay. know, I don't. Now you're, yeah. but you're not from here. No, sir. Where are you from? From so originally from Michigan. So oh, okay. Born okay. and raised in Michigan. I uh, lived there half my life. Okay. And then, um, yeah. Which is about twelve years, right? Half yeah, your life. Twelve. I'm a young guy, man. Don't let the gray fool you. <laughs> and then, but I know. So we our paths crossed because of Kerry Robinson, the guy that you worked with in not Phoenix, Gilbert, yeah. Arizona, with uh, Dave and Sheree Wright. That's right. Uh, how long were you there in Phoenix? in Arizona. So we were in Arizona almost nine years. Okay. So we were there. Uh, we had originally planted a church. Um, and then we ended up transitioning onto LifeLink staff. And that's where I met Carrie and Megan. Actually, I didn't know that part about it. You had planted a church in Arizona yep. and then transitioned on. That's cool. We did. As a matter of fact, we, we met Carrie and Megan first. Actually, what happened was Megan was a teacher at a Christian school that we put my daughter in and you know, Megan, you know, how great and friendly she is. She's just like, Hey, tell me your story. We told mm. her and she's like, awesome. You ought to meet my pastor. And, um, so it started there and actually, yeah, I had a, actually cool. reached out to pastor Dave cold call <laughs> and he still tells the story. He sat in his driveway for 45 minutes. We had a great conversation. We were actually worshiping at LifeLink while we were planting. Okay. He's like, man, if you need a place to come while you're getting this thing going, come on. And hmm. and it just... It's, that sounds like him so much. Yeah. Like and then, a- yeah. And then a handful of years later, here we are, we come on to be a part of his staff, hmm. you know, to support him and the vision of LifeLink. And and honestly, it was, it's was it been great. Now he's one of our overseers along with Carrie and Megan. So. Man, that's a great bunch. Uh, the, the, the influence that Carrie and Megan have had on our lives and, and Dave and Cherie, it's, it's different. You know, our interactions have been way more with Carrie and Megan. Uh, but every time I've talked to Dave, I come away encouraged. I come away like, Oh man, part of it, I come away like, Oh, I suck. You know, cause I, I don't love people like he loves them. I don't have this, uh, I'm not as smart as he is, but I don't come away. Honestly, I don't come away discouraged. I come away with, man, I want to be more like that. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm glad, yeah. to, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so you guys came out here though, to Georgia, what what was the catalyst for that? Yeah, so we we came out here summer of 2015, and uh, we were at LifeLink with Pastor Dave. Of course, Carrie and Megan had already transitioned and planted the Movement Church in uh, SoCal, mm-hmm. and um, obviously everybody was cheering them on, and rightfully so. And so for us, we just were praying, and and there was a a change of season. I know a lot of times when we say that, that's camouflage for something was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So you're we're right. running from it. It wasn't that. As a matter of fact, um, I went into Pastor Dave's office the fall of 2014. And I mean, I, I mean this with all my heart. I, I still tell the story. I could have easily served with him and Pastor Cherie and that team until I was done, until I retired. Like I had no plans of doing anything different in my sights. 
And the Holy Spirit began dealing with my wife and I about, you know, changing of seasons. And so it was pretty confusing to us mm. because we thought, we're where we need to be, you know, wow. and, and, and felt like we were making a difference and help help uh, their vision, you know, there in the Phoenix area. We love the area. We love I love Arizona. But God began dealing with us. So we sat down and right, right away with Pastor Dave and Cherie and just said, will you pray and fast with us? You know, yes, I know you're my boss and you're my brother, but you're my pastor. And I don't know. Would you just pray with us? And he literally, in Pastor Dave's style, he's like, give me 30 days and we'll talk again. Wow. Yes, sir. He said, well, let's pray and fast. Sure enough, we came back together about a month later. And he looked at me and uh, and you could tell it was a little emotional for him. And he, and he said, you know what? You're right. God's calling you to another group of people. Wow. And he even said, I, I, I thought you and I are going to grow old together doing this, man. But he's like, you know what? God is calling you. And. So we prayed through kind of a strategy of what that looks like, and we began to reach out to, you know, our relationships, you know, his overseers. Hey, Ron's kind of in a season of transition, and we literally thought whatever was next would have come through relationship. It didn't. Not to say that it was wrong. There were a few opportunities that came our way, and it just that wasn't right. New York and other, other state in the Midwest are just like, no, that's not it, but we don't know what is. And then just kind of fast forward. Um we began just kind of looking on our own, just, you know, looking what's available. And it's amazing how God can use natural things mm -hmm. to speak spiritual truths, right? We know this. And uh, it was literally, we stumbled upon Eastgate. I, I didn't know Eastgate Church, didn't know the leadership, not affiliated with whatever denomination they may have been, nothing, zero. And um, my wife called me one day. She's like, hey, you need to come check this out. Come home. I was, I was out at the office. When you come home, I need you to check this out. And we'd kind of determined that we weren't going to look outside of relationships. We were playing these weird games we play. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it might not be God. So let's... <laughs> sure enough, there was uh, this posting, honestly, and it wasn't nothing special about it. Didn't have salary, nothing, none of that stuff. <laughs> She's just like, my heart is drawn to this group this people this town and we don't know anything about it sure enough that's what god was doing hmm. so um and they had been without a pastor for almost a year been candidating for 10 months didn't know that either wow i reached out sent my resume and you know two trips out here later hmm. unanimous vote later uh, we were here my first sunday as their pastor was father's day july 15th wow yep so, we're so in our... all right let me let me back up in the story a minute because this is something that i i hear a lot of stories that didn't go that way as far as your meeting with Pastor Dave. Hey, think God might be moving us on. There's, was the thought in your head, he might fire me right on the spot? Never. Why do you think that is the case in so many cases, but it wasn't for you? Because I've talked to a lot of guys when they leave, they're like, and some of them actually did get fired on the spot. Or, you know, okay, well, that's yeah. it, you're out. Or they get treated that way. What do you think made you not not why why didn't he treat you that way? I know because it's Pastor Dave, but why why did you not feel that fear? A couple reasons, and if he was ever going to listen to this, he wouldn't like the attention. But yeah, it, but right. it's all that's why know, we get to do this. We can talk about. Him. I know, but <laughs> and and I do it from a pure heart, and you know I don't we don't promote personalities and people, so I'm not doing that here. But honestly, uh, because he had been my pastor for all those years, and I had worked under him, I knew his heart. And, and, and it's not hard to know his heart. You, you, you know him. Um, but I remember when I first kind of came to be a part of the church and be a part of serving in any way before I was staff, 
Um, he said it way better than I'm going to say it, but he basically said, you know, I have two roles or I have two goals in mind. And he's talking to me and he said, you know, to, to fulfill the vision that God has put on our hearts for this church, this community, and for however long to be a part of God's plan for your life. Hmm. And it didn't take me long to know that he actually meant that just by how he serves and cares for his church, his members, his staff. So I knew that I was safe because we had that kind of relationship and I trusted him that because unfortunately the, you know, you can reverse that process too. And, and I've learned as a pastor over time, and I'm not being critical, just a lot of people will, will say, oh, so Dan's my pastor and Dan's my spiritual shepherd and, and all this. But then when God calls them to do something, they don't come and say, hey, will you go on this? They say, this is what I'm doing. Right. I just thought I'd let you know. Right. And right. they forfeit the blessing of the shepherd. Yeah. You know, I, I had no doubt that Pastor David would say, no, this is what you're going to do. I didn't, I didn't ask him to be my Holy Spirit. I asked him to be my pastor. And would you pray and fast with us? We don't know if, what this means, if anything at all. But I had full assurance because I knew his heart mm-hmm. and I knew how he felt about my wife and I, my family from day one, that I, I wasn't taking a risk. I wasn't being vulnerable. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that was the best decision I could have made because yeah. honestly, without him and Pastor Sheree hearing from God, maybe I wouldn't have stepped out. But yeah. boy, when they heard from heaven too, we had that agreement and that blessing and that release. I think part of the reason why I'm here at Eastgate is because of that relationship and that opportunity. All right, now jump forward. That's and that's so good. Uh, it speaks obviously it speaks very well in my mind. It speaks very well to Pastor Dave, which I, and, and Sheree and everything there. But it also speaks well to you about you. And I know that's not why you're saying it, but I just want to point that out. That like it it is important. You have good people in the mix. You know, yeah. people with that kind of kingdom mind. You know, there could could he have that culture. Uh, or have a different culture at his church and make that church grow faster, maybe. But by having this culture, the influence that God's using on them, using God's using them to have on the kingdom, is magnified, multiplied. Absolutely. It's just maybe their seat is in other other states. There's yeah. something in Georgia happening. Here's the thing: you said you thought you guys grow old together doing this. You are. You're just doing it in different That's parts. Exactly. Of, you know, right. it's like you're still doing this together. Yep. Um, so let, let, let me jump forward then. So yeah. now you've, you've been pastoring a church that you uh, assumed the leadership of or you were brought in, however that, uh, that process worked. But uh, it's a church you didn't plant. It's a church that somebody else planted, which that kind of goes together. Yep, <laughs> but right. it is a church that um, you're now leading. And you're, I, we just had a leadership meeting I got to observe. And the, the, there's no question that you're the leader of this church. Mm. That's been six years, you said? Almost. Almost six, six What have you learned that you would, if somebody else is looking at, man, I just, I don't think God's called us to plant, but I know I need to be a pastor, which means you're going to take over an existing church that needs a pastor. Yeah. What would you tell them? Well, I would first tell them because, you know, you always hear kind of the horror stories, right? I know when I went to Bible school, they always said, you know, uh, what's the phrase? And I'm not even advocating for it. It's something <laughs> like, you know, it's it's easier to give birth than to raise the dead. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. talking about planting versus assuming. And honestly, when people ask me what's harder, and I say, well, I don't know if it's... They're both hard. Right. Nobody <laughs> said easy is the all, way to go. You yeah. know, you can... 
there's pros and cons to both. I, I think it's, I would tell anybody that would say it, I wouldn't be the one that says, oh, don't do it. Oh gosh, you know, it's, but I would be honest and say, just like planning a church, there there's challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but if God's called you to it, that's all you need, mm-hmm. right? And that's just how I live my life. If God calls you to it, whether it's comfortable, whether the circumstances are great. And of course, we've had highs and lows. I mean, this church, I thank God for this church because they went 10 months without a pastor and kind of the, the transition prior to that uh, was not super healthy. Let's just put it that way. It affected everybody. So not only did we come into a body of believers that didn't know what was next, but a lot of them were hurting. Mm. And you and I both know we've been around church leadership, church planning enough. Any changing of guard, there, there's a there's a weeding out. It just happens. Yeah. And so I would tell the person who says, man, I don't feel like... And that was my story. I didn't feel like we were supposed to plant again. Uh, not because I hated planting or anything. It's just... God wasn't giving us that direction. You know what that pain felt like. Let me find some other yeah, pain to feel. Right? Yeah, I'll actually test the theory out. Which one's harder? Oh, oh yeah, they both are. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I would tell them that, and, and honestly, what I'm about to say, I probably didn't do as well as I should have. So I'm really saying, hey, learn from what I maybe could have done differently is don't be in such a, lean into it if God calls you to it. Second, And secondly, I would say, don't be in such a hurry. Mm. Don't be in such a hurry to change things and, and, you know, cast your vision and turn the tables up. Don't be Jesus in the temple. Um, we could have done better at that. I don't think we failed at that. We may have gotten a C minus, which is not great. I would tell that person is, you know, a lot of times when you're, especially new in a pastoring, you're thinking of the, what's the stage going to look like and what's this? But when you're assuming there's people there and that needs to be your main priority. When you're planting, there's really not much, there's not people unless it's your launch team. But when you're assuming a church, there's a body, there's a family Mm -hmm. there that is hungry for leadership and a pastor and a shepherd. And I would say, get your priorities right and always know the people are the priorities. They don't really care if you come in and stage the lighting or change the lighting. They don't care right now. They don't care about, all of the accoutrements or all of the tangible things as much as they need to know. And it takes time yeah. that we can trust this man or woman or this couple and that they love us. You need to show them that you love them and that you care for them. And that's what I would say. So it's not, it's, it's people, not projects. Yeah. It's people. Um, we did that. Okay. Yep. Could have done it better, but thank God we came into a group of people who, um, you know, were humble and they were patient. Heck, they'd been patient for so long now. They thought, well, at least now we got a pastor. We'll give him some time. <laughs> but that, you know, and I could tell them a hundred things, honestly, Dan. But I, I would yeah. say start with the and and the other thing I would say too is you mentioned this kind of in our leadership talk today with some of our leaders. You said it much better than I will. But just the idea of know your priorities. You know, pastors, not all pastors, but it's because their heart is right. And they, they want to reach people and they want to bring transformation that they forget to do the most important things first. And like I said, people yep. and prayer. Yeah. Yep. Prayer. Don't neglect it, yep. especially starting. Oh, my gosh. You yep. need the Holy Spirit to literally guide you every step, every conversation, especially if you're assuming a church, every decision. Yep. You know, um, You've got, a, you've got an existing board probably that you build relationships and you've got to integrate and you've got a polity that you didn't write or your denomination didn't design. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But I say if your priorities are in line 
your heart is in line, and you realize that, you know what, some of the things I want to hit the ground running with, those can change, but these people yeah. are the most precious thing God has given me. Yep. And you focus on them, and all the other stuff will come around, will come together. Why you want to change all that other stuff? It's for people. So, like, exactly. I love, I love what you start with is don't be in a hurry. You don't, like, those things don't have to be fixed today. God, God's in more of a hurry to reach the lost than you are. Yeah. And if your priority really is reaching the lost, then people are what it is. So that's right. I think that's one of the things with, with Children's Cup, what I've, I've tried to remind our team all the time, and we say it all the time, what's the best thing for the kids? When we have a decision, new mm-hmm. care point or new program, new project, whatever, what's the best thing for the kids? Let's, let's look at it from that angle first. Yeah. At first, it's what's God saying. But within the, the conversation about how and when and all that, it's always what's the best for the kids. And keeping that in front of us, what is the best thing for the people is always going to win good. out. And it, it sets a pace. And if it means going slower is better, going slow is good. You know, yeah. slow, slow is, we, we act like in, in America, we act like slow is I terrible. Know. Oh, you're so slow at it. I that's know. Not, sometimes that's patience and that's wisdom yeah. and so, you know, you guys, talking mm-hmm. about Children's Cup, you guys partnered with us a few times with Christmas. Yep. And then this past year, you guys really just went out the out, through the top of the roof. And we had we had this project. Uh, we're, we're piloting a project in, in the, the Dominican Republic where we have a, a, a care point that's healthy. And there's five communities around that that there's kids in that couldn't get to the care point to get food because it's just a little bit too far for them to walk. Right. And so we said, hey, if we could reach them, if we could go to them, we think we could build a model that lets us do that and reach those kids. And so what we needed was a trike, was a, a basically a motorcycle that would carry cargo. Yeah. So I texted you and I said, hey, would this be something you guys would be interested in helping with? I would never imagine you guys would be like, yep, we got it. We got this whole thing, you know. Yeah. But then you did. And uh, I would like to know, you know, first of all, thank you for that. That's cool. Sure. I cannot wait to get there and show you uh, the, the bike. I We'll have to take a ride in it. Totally. You can drive it all right yes. or whatever. Um, you don't want to see me drive. You have a helmet law? No. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. According to the pictures I'm seeing, no. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Um, but what what made you guys decide to be a church that's saying, we're going to invest in things like that? You know, there's so many things you could do. And I know there's a million great projects, a million great things to be involved in. I know you guys are involved in Ireland heavily helping with the ARC Ireland churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what ma- what makes you pick what you're going to say, yeah, this is this is for us as a church? Obviously, yeah. the Holy Spirit speaks to you, but sure. what is there is there something in that that you're saying, hey, this is not, this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So we, you know, when we came in and assumed the church, they had kind of, well, somebody did your job, and they wiped the mission slate clean. <laughs> because, And I actually think it was a good decision because they said, you know what? Somebody new coming in isn't going to know probably any of these people. So let's give that new leader an opportunity to. And so wow. we, we started fresh and, and you know, uh, we, we focused heavily on local relationships first because our, our goal is, you said it, there's so many, there's so much good going on out there. Yep. I mean, there's so there much is. good going on, but what's good for us and what's good for them. And so we, we decided early on that what locally, nationally, and globally, whatever relationships we have, they're going to be fewer probably so that we can do more. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea of come alongside them and help them do what they do better. And so for us, but again, it's, it's always driven by relationship. So what's interesting is 
uh, even through Ark Ireland and some of the church planning going on there and now Children's Cup and, and some other relationships, it was, okay, who, God, who are you knitting our hearts with? It's kind of a, I know it sounds like a refrigerator phrase, but, but really, God, who are you knitting our hearts with? It doesn't have to be with somebody I know, but God, do it through relationship because, mm-hmm. um, and, and so that's kind of how it starts for us now. Obviously, if none of those are on the table, we begin to pray, okay, what's our emphasis? Like a lot of churches that we know, generational. Mm-hmm. And that's not leaving the older generations behind. It's actually weaving them together. Right. I've but seen also, that here. yeah, but how do you, how, how are we reaching for the generations behind us? And not just on a Sunday or whatever here at Eastgate, but around the world in our, in our ministry initiatives. And, and so we look for that as well. And the great thing about the Children's Cup kind of weaving, because you didn't come beating down my door, <laughs> um, but it was through initial tap from Carrie. Carrie Robinson was just, hey, I don't know if you've heard about this. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't pushy or anything. He just threw it out my way. And, um, and, and I'm one of those pastors, and I think my church appreciates it, is, you know, I, I do some due diligence. Again, not... I don't look at other ministries to try to nitpick what they're doing and tell them how to do what they do. That's not what I do. I just, I pull back the covers and prayerfully say, is this who we want to be involved with? So it's, you know, there's got to be some financial integrity going on and some some good things there. Uh, Do they have some history with the community? And just, you know, kind of these five or six things that we then take to prayer and say, God, how is it? And, and it was just cool because when Carrie first introduced it, we did a Christmas, I forget what you call it, Christmas, Christmas party. Christmas at the Care Points, yeah. Which was yeah. kind of a one-time gift, one-time event, yep. made an introduction, um, continued to stay in our heart. I think we did it the following year. You and did then, two the next year, yeah. That's right, we did yeah. two the next year. So you saw obviously oh, yeah. something's yeah, happening, like, you know. Um, but then it was like, okay, Another part of our missional decision is we want to, less partners mean we can do more. So we wanted to be able to, uh, I wanted them to feel our financial support. In other words, you can buy more than a case of light bulbs with our monthly giving Mm -hmm. first. And secondly, somehow being able for our church to build relationships with that ministry, boots on the ground. Yep. You know, um, and Children's Cup just afforded us not only an opportunity, but even beyond that, as you've been so helpful in your team to answer all of my questions, I ask a lot of questions, for us to even be able to pray and say, God, what region do you want us to do this? And the other thing on our heart, too, and Children's Cup, Children's Cup does this, Dan, is obviously the, the kids, the generations behind us, getting them what they need emotionally, spiritually, every child, a whole, whole child idea, but also... Um, you know, we wanted to provide a place where they can get all of these things they need for natural living and plant a church and do all. And Children's Cup has all that. Yeah. And so it was kind of a myriad of these things that God was just really saying, it's all here. And the relationship. Yeah. And it's not not that I knew you real well before that. I mean, we definitely bumped into each other with Ark and all that. But it's also who else is connected with Children's Cup. The yeah. Carrie Robinsons and a lot of other people I know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to go to the organization. You go to the people that are connected and say, okay, if my buddy so-and-so invests, and if that's really all I need, you know, pray through that's it. Cool. And so That's one of the reasons I got you on this interview, just so I want yeah. people to know you, uh, people mm-hmm. to hear what your heart is. And it's funny, when I drove up this morning, and we, we got to wrap up, but when I drove up this morning and saw the, the sign, first of all, I saw Eastgate Church enormous on the building, which is incredible, smart, very good. Um, but the other was I saw Building Hope, uh, sorry, 
bringing, bring hope, build faith, change lives. lives. And I thought I pointed it out to Michael. I said, that's, that's so similar. Like the, the vision is so much the same as children's cup. Ours is, we mm-hmm. say giving hope, inspiring dreams, changing worlds. Wow. And it just, it lines up. And I think that's it. That's an important thing to us. You know, if there was a church that that was not their vision, our visions didn't line up at all, but they wanted to give money to Children's Cup, would I say no? Probably not, because you never know where God's going to do it. But I really don't, I really do appreciate when we get to partner with a church that the vision aligns so clearly. Because mm-hmm. I think, and I'll say this till I till I die, is I believe a missions organization, a nonprofit, is not what Jesus said I came to build. He said, I came to build my church, not my nonprofit. So as a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. our role is to help the local church. We're supporting local church in Dominican Republic, in Eswatini, in South Africa. We're supporting local churches there. We're trying to build them and establish and make them healthy. But we're also trying to build the local church here. Eastgate, this is my commitment to you. We will do everything as Children's Cup that we can do to help Eastgate be a healthier church because you're partnered with us. Mm That's what this is about. It's about the church. And so church on the ground where the kids are, church here. It's all got to be stronger and healthier because of this partnership. So wow. I appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to what's, what lies ahead. I have no idea. Uh, hopefully we'll get to travel to the DR before long and see it Our all. Our bags are packed, brother. We're ready. Like, as soon as we can do it, we're doing it. Yep. Man, thank you. Thank you hey, for being I on. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. If you'd like more information about Children's Cup, you can go to our website at childrenscup.org or you can follow us on Instagram.